0: Same thing, and the Guru Eighteen Sangye Chetan Tsurgyi Chonnam La dagi janyengi bese ki jolla pen ge da gi chun nyang gi ve yo so nam once in the English, I go for refuge, refuge till until
1: enlightenment, enlightenment, to the Buddha, Dharma, and Supreme Assemblage by the merit of listening to the Dharma, may I achieve Buddhahood for the sake of all me. is just uh, finished commenting, well, he's now commenting on the second verse of uh, Namso Namsum, the three principal paths. In the second uh, verse, Jason Kappa is encouraging the person, the person who's reading, the student, encouraging the student to study. And is saying is uh, deriving from this verse how Pab- how Rinpoche actually uh, sort of summarized the path again. So in the line, Listen with a pure mind, fortunate ones who have no cravings for the pleasures of life. Pabongka Rinpoche says that in that line you can say, it's referring to renunciation. It's at the bottom of page 55. And the next line that says, and who to make leisure and fortune meaningful, and say this one applies to the wish to achieve enlightenment for all living beings. And why is that? Because anyone who's trained his mind in this attitude of bodhicitta has certainly gotten the absolute most from this life of leisure and fortune. So there's nothing... Further, you can get with a, having a body like this, having a mind like this, the, the highest that you can ever achieve, any being can ever achieve, is the mind of bodhicitta. And with this mind of bodhicitta, you can then become a fully enlightened uh, Buddha for the sake of all beings. And the last line of the verse and to turn their minds to the path which pleases the victors. And Prabhupada says, this one refers to correct view. And the final line, the one about the path which pleases victors, relates to correct view, since as the root text itself states later on, and the root text is the text that we are studying, that Prabhupada is commenting on, uh, somewhere later on, when it's talking about uh, correct view, uh, this verse is is in there, a person's entered the path that pleases the Buddhas. When for all objects in the cycle or beyond, he sees that cause and effect can never fail. And when for him, they lose all solid appearance. But well, we don't have to go into what this verse means because we will meet it later on when we get to it. Okay. But it's all that is, once you understand the true nature of reality, uh, that person is said to have entered the path. And because the person has now entered the path, the person is definitely on on his or her way out of samsara that pleases the Buddhas. This then completes our presentation of the customary preliminaries. So the offering of praise, of praise, the pledge to compose the work and encouragement for the reader to study it well. So these are the, the three parts that we just finished, right? The offering of praise. That's when the, uh, the th- root text started with "I bow to all high and holy lamas." Uh, the pledge was when, uh, uh, as 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 far as I'm able, I'll. Okay, that, that's the one that begin with that with that line, and the encouragement to, for the reader to study is that one we just went over, is is the one that. You know, that talks about, listen with a pure mind, you are fortunate. Okay? Right. Uh, we can relate that, we can relate what we've said so far to the opening section of works such as the greater and medium length presentations of the greater stages of the complete steps to Buddhahood. The line that reads, I bow to all the high and all the lamas, relates to the first section of these works, known as Demonstrating the eminence of the author, in order to show that the teaching comes from an authentic source. Uh, when you're reading the, so this is a, this is Jason uh, Kappa sort of summarizing uh, the entire path in a, in, in the uh, uh, longer version, the one that would, uh, we have as a. Liberation in the Power of Your Hands, uh, in that text, in the beginning, there's a big section talking about why should you study this, why should you study this, uh, this Lamrim text, and, and in order to uh, give you reason as to why it's worth your time, then there is a presentation of the Lamas, the lineage Lamas that, from whom the, this teaching comes from. Okay. So to show you that the work that you're reading wasn't, something, wasn't just something that uh, Pabongka Rinpoche, Jason Kappa himself just made up in his mind one day. Okay, it actually goes back to, uh, it has a, a source that is authentic. The lines, as far as I'm able, up to seeking freedom, correspond to the second section on the eminence of the teaching. Okay. So, the, so there's the person teaching it who's worthy of giving a teaching, and there's the teaching himself itself that is being taught that is worthy of being of being uh, listened to and being practiced
0: okay.
1: so these two things have uh, in the larger text on the stages of the path to enlightenment in uh, there is sort of like a like a big marketing in the beginning telling you oh the, the people who are involved with this they're wonderful you know you can trust them and then there's the marketing part that says you know, this thing that they've made is the best best product ever okay you, you got to try it okay so there's big marketing in the beginning okay and before you actually uh, taught anything okay so as uh, so that section relates to the eminence of the teaching and it talks about the the ex the we talked it touched touched upon it a little bit in here when it talks about how uh remember uh, just by studying these, these, uh, these verses of Kappa, you're actually sort of, in essence, studying all the works of the Buddha. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to study one section of text that gives you one section of the teaching and another section that gives you another testing. This one gives you everything that you need.
0: Okay.
1: That's showing the eminence of this teaching. And uh, the line, as far as I'm able, up to seeking freedom and correspondence, that's the one we just read. The verse that goes from listen with a pure mind, that's the very last one we just did, up to path which pleases the victors, gives us the third section, which is how to study and teach the steps. Uh, this is where it now becomes important for you to know how to study uh, and it just, uh, the, the page before that where it says, who is, who is a proper vessel to listen to, to these teachings? We call someone a proper vessel for study who is unbiased, intelligent, and willing to strive. Okay? So unbiased, you don't come with your own uh, conclusions. Of course you, can come, you can't help coming with your own ideas, but you do come up with your own conclusion, that is conclusive conclusions about what is supposed to be, what is not supposed to be. And then you're expecting the teachings to fit only your conclusions. So you're unbiased, you're open-minded. And you're intelligent. You can, you, if, if something is wrong, you can uh, decipher why is it wrong. If something is right, you can decipher why is it right. You have the ability to, to reason, to, to, uh, to investigate. And that's why in the very beginning of the the monastery, when the very first thing that you're taught is how to reason, how to debate. And willing to strive. If what you're going after is clear for you, then the willingness will be there. Um... the last great section of these presentations is known as the instruction itself, which we haven't gotten to, which we are going to get to, okay, by which students can be led along the steps to Buddhahood. This part is contained in what we have called here the main body of the text of Lord Tsongkapa's verses on the three principal paths. Thus, we now, we now move on to the first of the, these verses. And what are these verses that we're going to move on to? The steps to Buddhahood. The steps to Buddhahood. This is the first step. This is the second step. Oh look at that, now you're in Buddhahood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Great.
1: (laughs) All right, finally, the first we the first realization that you need to realise. We start on page 59. <clears throat> Why you need renunciation. Our treatment of the main body of the text will break down into four parts. That's, every Buddhist everywhere does that. It's the way of writing in Buddhism. And Jason Kappa, oh my God, his writings. <laughs> okay. You want to know, know this? The first section will have three parts. The first section of the, of the, the first part of the three part will have five parts. The fifth parts and the five parts of the three parts, will Heserah has seven parts. Okay. And by the time he's finished describing the parts, the parts are posted like on page 10. Okay. Now we begin the first part of the seventh part, which is of the fifth part. Okay. And that part has seven parts. Our treatment of the main body of the text will break into four parts an explanation of renunciation, an explanation of the wish to achieve enlightenment for every living being, an explanation of correct view, and some strong words of encouragement, that the reader should try to recognize the truth of these instructions and actually go and practice them. The explanation of renunciation itself will proceed in three sections. The reason why one should try to develop it how one goes about developing it, and at the point at which one we can say one has succeeded in developing it. Okay. All right. What? What? What's the first section? <laughs>
0: Revenation. Explanation Revenation.
1: okay. That's the first. Second section.
0: Revenation.
1: No.
2: Expression of the wish.
1: You have to ask me. Second explanation of what <laughs> section? <laughs> So the, 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 all this is in four sections. That's what he's saying. Okay, from now on we have four, step, four things we're gonna four main things we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about renunciation. We're gonna talk about bodhicitta, and we're gonna talk about correct view. And the f- last one is okay. Now go put it into practice. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, now let's talk about renunciation. How are we gonna talk about renunciation? We're gonna talk about first why you need it. Second, how to do it. And the third, how do you know when you have it? it? Okay? So these are the things that your mind should be on the lookout for. The first thing you're going to look out for is why? Why do you need renunciation anyway? Right? So the first of these sections is found in the text, in the next verse of Lord Tongkapa's work. There's no way to end without pure renunciation this striving for pleasant results in the ocean of life. It's because of their hankering life as well that beings are fettered. So seek renunciation first. Okay. One more time. Everybody uh, who has a book, read it. Let's read it together. Okay. You don't have a book? No. Can you read with no. someone? No. Okay, come on, Share, people. Share. Share. <laughs> Okay. There's no way to end without pure renunciation, this striving for pleasant results in the ocean of life. It's because of their hankering life as well that beings are fettered, so seek renunciation
0: first. Okay.
1: Uh, now, Pabongka Rinpoche's commentary. Now, for all of us to escape from the cycle of life, we have to want to escape. And for you to want to escape, you have to, we have to recognize that there is, you, are, you are in a situation that needs escaping. Okay? If you don't recognize that you are in a situation that needs escaping, you're not going to want to escape. Okay? If we never develop the wish to get out and we get attached to the good things of this circle of life, then there will never be any way to escape it. Okay? I don't know why they use the example of a prisoner. I guess it's sort of a recognition that a lot of people were in prison for the wrong wrong reasons. (laughs) That's why they always use a prisoner as somebody wanting to escape jail. Okay? So a prisoner can sit in a jail but if he never really wants to escape and never really attempts to escape, he never will escape. Now, do we want a prisoner to escape? No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> prisoner wants <laughs> So in this case, would
2: uh, the prison be uh,
1: samsara? Yeah, prison would be samsara. Yeah. And we are the prisoners.
0: Okay.
1: So usually, I guess, uh, the idea of a prisoner is somebody who's caught in a battle. Yeah. Not necessarily somebody who's committed some crime, and I think back then they used to deal with them very swiftly. They don't have the time and the energy to keep looking after got a guy in the prison. So in, uh, So we are in the prison of Samsara. We are sitting in this jail. So if we, if we never really want to escape and never really attempt to escape. We will never escape. Okay. And this is to uh, uh, sort of uh, deal with this idea that you just wait uh, and then uh, 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 that you don't need to do anything. It's, everything is just uh, everything is predestined. Everything is predestined. Eventually, you will just find yourself out. Okay, so this is to get rid of that idea. If you don't make an attempt to escape, if you don't recognize where you are, if you don't make an attempt to escape, there's no, you, you're going to spend as many eons as there uh, exists in that prison. Okay? If you don't make an attempt, if you don't try to escape samsara, you're not going to one day find yourself out of samsara. Okay? Uh, th- there was this philosophy... Uh, going on uh, around around the time where people thought that uh, it, it was it was some somebody trying to understand what is what's karma. So you have, if everybody's you have like an allotted amount of karma, right? And you, you, what you can do is you can just there's nothing really you can do uh, to finish to uh, sort of burn out the karma. All you can do is wait. And by the time you reach the... When you burn... When the last bit of karma is burned, then you find, you find yourself liberated. You reach moksha. And some uh, others who had the same... somewhat the same idea about it. Say, oh, we can do something to burn it. And this is why they have that... What they call tapas. It's uh, like uh, you do some... Uh, uh, like you, you inflict pain upon yourself. Sort of burn off the karma f- f- faster. That's why these traditions of people... What do you call them? Uh, uh, what do call them? Aesthetics. Aesthetics? Some, uh, there's another, there's another term. adjective oh, that uh, they use. You know. uh, yeah, Flagellation. Yeah, Flagellation. Oh, that's, that, that's the question. Uh, yeah. Just
2: well, like, in long where they, 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 uh, they mutilate their
1: body. Yeah, you could say all of that comes from uh, this understanding that where there's a lot, a lot of amount of karma, I, if I inflict pain my, upon mm. myself... I'm burning, I'll be burning off this karma faster. Okay. What you're actually doing, you're just creating more karma. You're not, you, you, you don't burn karma that way.
0: Okay.
1: So this idea was very popular for, for a while. That's why the Buddha, it was, it was so popular that the Buddha himself started doing it when he first got on the path. And because it was, I guess it was the thing to do when you saw somebody going around <laughs> we, can, we can start. Huh? Yeah, I forgot. Sorry. Sorry. We started without her. <laughs> so, because that, that was such the prevailing uh, understanding as how you get rid of, how you reach moksha, how you reach liberation, uh, so the Buddha m- himself tried it out. And then, w- when you were to see somebody walking around completely emaciated, their bones sticking out because they're not eating, and they're, uh, they're, and they're either sometimes they have one one arm up and they and they, let the, they close the fist and they let the nails uh, grow into the flesh, and they keep the, they keep the hand like this up for until become what do you call it? atrophy, atrophied in that position, and they believe that what they're doing is like they're burning karma. And the more tapas you do, the more uh, uh, karma you burn. Okay. And the Buddha tried it until he, 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 he uh, and he said that uh, he, until his ribs, uh, until you could see his ribs. And so you can look, you can look in front, look uh, looking at the Buddha from the front and see the see the ribs of uh, from uh, the, from the back. Okay. And until that's when the Buddha. So that, wait a minute, this is not getting me anywhere. I'm, I'm, I have taken this to the limit where, where, where anyone can take it, and it's not giving me anything. Uh, the only thing it's giving me is delirium. It's making me uh, weak, and uh, I can't even think straight anymore. <laughs> and then he remembered the time when he was, uh, when he was very young. He was, I think he was visiting, uh, it, there was some sort of festival, farm festival, and he went to visit with his father, and he sat under a tree, and then just looking peacefully, and then you remember he was meditating, that state that you uh, achieved. You say, oh, that's what, I have to use that. Okay. Of course, first you had to be fed. Uh, okay. So, um, there was something else in there. I hope he explains it. Uh, we're going to get into it. So, here, first, we have to understand just how we spin around in this life cycle. The cycle of life is defined as taking on, again and again, the impure groups of things that make up a normal suffering being. It is their unbroken stream from life to life. So, what, what do they mean by the circle of life? They don't mean the planet Earth. They don't mean the, you know, Jupiter. They don't mean the. Uh, North, North. Uh, Lion King. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is not the circle of, of Lion King. Yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is the cycle of life?
0: <laughs> not the Lion King. Okay. <laughs>
1: taking on again and again, taking on again and again what? The impure groups of things that make up a normal suffering being. Well, it doesn't have, you didn't have to put on the word suffering in there. You just want to make the emphasis. You Just take out the word suffering, okay? What is the cycle of life? What is it referring to? The, the cycle of life that you're not supposed to have any uh, you're not supposed to be striving for any pleasant results within. Taking on, taking on, again, 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 and,
0: again,
1: and, again and again and again, taking on again and again. What? The
0: impure. The impure.
1: What? The impure. The what?
0: Things.
1: The impure beautiful a, beautiful a, things that that, constitute all, that yeah, constitutes a person, a person, a being. Okay. So this body you have, this mind you have, and all the different uh, parts that you can break them into. There are the impure groups of things. Why are they the impure groups of things? Why are they the impure groups of things?
2: They have not been purified.
1: Well, don't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Because there are these things that we ordinarily attach to, which we believe exist in a, in a different way than they really exist. The way they exist does not accord with what we see, so we're, we are... We exaggerate... There's the view they, there, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm... I'm bringing too much view into this. <laughs> <laughs> we, ascribe, you know, we ascribe importance to these, these things because we think that they exist a certain way. Mm. Well, that's the v- going after them.
1: No, that's the view about these, these parts. Right. But what right. make these parts themselves impure? Is it just because of the way we look at them?
2: They're because, uh, they, can, they don't lead to
0: changing. Changing,
1: hmm? changing. Mm, changing is part of it. But.
0: They're like the result of, of our attachments and emotions. Ah, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. These are the results. They lead to suffering. The, 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 the uh, uh, results of attachment and aversion and, right. and wrong view. And then they lead to suffering. That's why they are impure. Okay.
2: Is that the, the definition of impure would be that, that things that lead to suffering, right? Rather yeah. than the first part. The first part explains it, but. Yeah, if you the, just say impure means things that lead to suffering. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's read this again with what is the cycle of life? It is taking on, again and again, this kind of body that must suffer, this kind of mind that must suffer, again and again. Okay. It's taking that, That's 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 what they mean by the cycle of life. So you notice he didn't say. On a globe, the the cycle of life is a globe. certain certain diameters wide with trees and and, 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 uh, lakes and stuff like that. Okay? The cycle of life is you. You are the cycle of life. Okay?
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) Alright, let's find out how to get out of here. That's your prison. Your prison is your body and your mind. It's not the earth. The earth earth is, you leave the earth alone. (laughs) Okay? The prison is your body and your mind this kind of body, this kind of mind, that is susceptible to suffering. I mean, you could be right now, I don't know, very healthy, uh, the richest person on the planet. You are, you are the cycle of life. Why? Because you have that kind of body, that kind of mind, can suffer. And you're suffering, and you're not know, you don't know about it. Okay? So when you understand it that way, Then when it says the striving for pleasant results in the ocean of life, you can sort of uh, get a better understanding of that. That, that, Does that mean we should not? What does it mean? How do you understand striving for uh, for pleasant results?
2: Well, we're always looking to make ourselves happy through, you know, uh, uh, through fortune, through... Worldly uh, uh, attachments. Mm. Um, so reputation, uh, money, clothes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Gadgets.
0: Gadgets. <laughs>
2: Maybe it's the, the belief that these impure things are actually pure. Yeah. That they can actually lead to something that
1: is not suffering. Yeah. See, that's it. Yeah.
0: That's
1: right. These things come from what?
0: Causes and conditions?
1: No, you said them with two things. Uh, oh,
0: attachment and aversion.
1: Att- attachment and aversion, and you said the third one. You two said the first, third wrong one. view. Wrong view. Okay, they come from attachment. These things they come from attachment. These things they come from aversion, hatred, anger. These things come from wrong view. That's that's what they come from. That's their cause. So how do you expect the result to bring you lasting happiness? We are expecting them to give us lasting happiness. The poor things cannot give it to us. It's impossible for them to give it to us. But we keep expecting them to give us pleasure, to give us happiness. It's not that we should not be striving for happiness. That's not what it says. They say, oh, this constant striving for happiness. It didn't just stop there. It said, in the ocean of life. You're expecting these things which came from, which are impure. Why are they impure? Because they're results of attachment, aversion, wrong understanding of things. And we expect this result
0: whoa, <laughs> we expect That's this so result That's <laughs> so
1: <sorry>. <laughs> 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 we, we expect these results to give us, to give us happiness. It's not that we shouldn't look for happiness. Mm -hmm. Don't look for happiness where you cannot find it. Mm -hmm. Okay?
2: And even the expectation itself is suffering. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you're wanting something that's not part of your existence right now. Longing is suffering.
1: And and that's what you have to say. You have to say with just the longing. You want happiness and this thing is not giving you happiness, or what what you're stuck with is is just the longing. That's when the longing becomes suffering itself. Okay? This is not fulfilled. So when you finally realize that these parts cannot give you the happiness that you want, then you renounce them. You renounce their causes. Okay. You don't stop wanting happiness. That's not what renunciation is. A lot of people misunderstand what renunciation means is, you know, be be sad for the for now on. Okay. It means the happiness you want, you can only get it here get out of here. Yeah. So it's like going to a, uh, a mine that has been emptied of whatever treasure that's in there, and you keep expecting that mine to give you treasure. Okay? If you want treasure, get out of that mine. Go somewhere else. Okay? So what is that chain... What is, what is it that chains us to this cycle? Our own deeds and bad thoughts? And to what exactly are we chained? To those impure parts of our being. So, is it Adam and Eve's fault? I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) (laughs) Scratch, (laughs) scratch. So, what is it that changes us to, to this cycle? Uh, right. huh? uh, our habit. Yeah. Conditioning. Conditioning of, what, what kind of condition, what kind of habit? Habit of doing what? Habit of thinking what?
0: Ignorance.
1: Ignorance and acting out of that ignorance. right? So, that's what keeps us here. Okay? It's not some other entity, it's not some other person who's doing it. Okay. And uh, to what exactly are we chained? We are chained to, that means if we continue to act out of attachment, if we continue to act out of anger, if we continue to act uh, out of ignorance, if we continue to let those things be what uh, propel us to act, then we will continue to have a body that suffers or is subject to suffering. We'll continue to have a mind that suffers or is subject to suffering.
0: Okay?
1: And then because of that, we will experience a world where we suffer within it. Okay. Then that's the only cause. And it's that simple. Nothing more complicated than that. Okay? okay. <laughs> Don't look for anything else other than that. If you're if you're in the middle of the ocean and you're happy, that's because of your deeds and your thoughts. That's the result of deeds and thoughts. If you're in the middle of the ocean and you're drowning, it's not because of the ocean. Okay, It's because of your deeds and your thoughts. If you live in this country or that country, if you live in this planet or that planet, if you live in this, in this uh, whatever, if, if you're happy, why? If you are unhappy, why? There's the answer. Your own deeds and your own bad thoughts. Now, not necessarily the deed that you have just did yesterday and the thought that you just had yesterday. <coughs> okay? It's deeds that you've done in, 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 in lives uh, that you don't remember. Okay? And, and this kind of thinking, uh, people think of the idea of somebody who's a victim of, of a crime, for example. Oh, the blaming the victims, kind of thing. That's not what this is saying, okay? This is not saying blaming the victim. And or, or, or to the, what to call that person? The opposite of the victim, the, the perpetrator. It's not saying it's not the perpetrator has. No, it's not responsible whatsoever. Okay, it's not just a thing.
2: So in this case, the perpetrator—if there is a perpetrator—is you know
1: mind and body. The real perpetrator. Right. Yeah. The real perpetrator. Now to get free of this cycle of life, what is the cycle of life? What did you just say? Again and again, this
2: impure group of things which is <laughs> a normal person.
1: Okay. So to get free of this taking on again and again of the impure parts that make up you, that make up me, I must recognize that everything about it is by nature complete suffering. Okay. If I want to get out of this cycle of life, where I keep encountering things that I don't want, and the things that I don't want keeps running away from me, if I want to get out of this cycle, I must recognize that everything about this cycle is by nature complete suffering. Why is it by nature complete suffering? What nature is it talking about here? It, uh, if, uh, those of you who have done some studies probably think, well, it shouldn't it be by nature empty?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like why is Papua Ghalimpocha saying, by nature, complete suffering? Does it mean that... It's, it's what in, it
2: appears to us as, the nature will be what it appears to us as, but
1: not in, in reality. I see, you're going to ultimate reality. He's not talking about ultimate reality. Mm-hmm. But, it's so about conventional reality. All,
2: all contaminated heaps are suffering, so these are, he's talking about what's still contaminated, therefore it's, it's suffering because it, it can only lead to suffer.
1: Yeah. Its nature it is that it, it came from causes that only produce suffering. So the result is a result of suffering. And when you have this recognition, this brings a disgust for it, a loathing for it. And when you have this disgust, this loathing, this then brings renunciation for it. And people uh, get a bit hesitant. Do I want to have loathing and disgust in my mind for anything? And you're missing the point again. Do you want to love the cause of suffering? Do you want to love the cause of suffering? No. no. So, what should be your attitude towards the cause of suffering? Disgust.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, it's not saying to have disgust for life in general. But a way of living, a way of existing. A way of existing. What is that way of existing? Where you're stuck to parts that must suffer. And these parts come from the 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 causes that we mentioned so when you see that if i continue to act out of ignorance if i continue to act out of attachment I will continue to act out of uh, aversion and uh, and anger towards others i will continue to have i should not complain when when this body falls sick when this mind goes crazy i shouldn't i shouldn't complain i shouldn't say I, i'm i shouldn't have any complaints whatsoever when the things that you love, you lose. When the things that you don't want, you encounter. Okay? If, if these things are okay for you, if this, if this is perfectly a perfect way of existing for you, then continue to, to have ignorance, continue to have uh, attachment, continue to have anger to, towards others. But, but if you don't like to have disease, if you don't like to have... Uh, A mind that's completely out of control. Okay, if you don't want that kind of stuff, if you don't want the kind of uh, living in a world where where the environment is hostile to you, if you don't want that kind of stuff, then you have to revile, you have to have disgust and loathing for the causes of these things.
2: question about this it's 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 kind of it's like doable if i in in, if i apply this to my own life Mm -hmm. you can kind of look at where you're going and Oh, am I really motivated by just wanting you know a better job or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I can be disgusted by that. And then the the problem that I and maybe others have is then if I look at someone else, mm-hmm. let's say I look at my brother, oh,
0: good. extremely
2: successful professor, founder of a software company, friend of Bill Gates now, and you know, mm-hmm. doing very well, right? Mm-hmm. Has a wonderful family, brilliant two brilliant kids, and seems to have a great life. And I. When I look at his life, I don't think of, you know, his his actions are obviously motivated by something different than mine, mm-hmm. but I don't think of his actions as well, wow, that's that's and disgusting, or that you know, it's leading to something horrible. I can think of, wow, this is this is wonderful what he's doing. It's hard for me to think of it as well, wow, this is really terrible because he's he's leading a life which is going to lead to great suffering for him. It's mm-hmm. really hard. If you know, when applied to myself and I can look at all those possible decisions, I can I can say that yes, this is these are these might be wrong decisions, but it's mm-hmm. hard when you're thinking about others in the world, or the world in general. People Mm -hmm. who were held up as models of success in the world. Mm -hmm. And and this also ties into something, actually Michael said 13 years ago, which really pissed me off, Mm -hmm. which I still remember very well. Mm -hmm. He took a newspaper, he held it up, and he started reading an obituary of uh, someone who was a, a successful business person, a great philanthropist, blah, blah, blah. He read through the entire thing, so what do you think of this person? And he said, well, the person was a failure. You know, his whole life was a failure because he failed to resolve his. You know, he failed to move in the direction that we need to move in.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and, um, and I still remember. And actually, what bothered me is because I was thinking, well, he doesn't. He doesn't know what motivated this particular person to act in that particular way. And for mm-hmm. all we know, that person is appearing as a. You know, is a bodhisattva Is actually a fully enlightened. Mm-hmm. But. But, you know, the idea that you look at someone else who's a role model, who seems to do wonderful things, founded UNICEF, Maurice mm-hmm. Pate, and mm-hmm. you think that's horrible. That's mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's hard to do that. Uh, it's in, uh, here's how it's horrible. Uh, who died first? In? The Pate family. I don't... The wife or the husband? I think the wife did. The wife, wife did.
2: did? The husband did?
1: Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. So Morris Bate died. And what was the wife name? Martha. Martha. So was it a pleasant experience for Martha to lose Morris? No, it was very unpleasant. How
0: do you know that? Well, well actually, I don't know. <laughs> if they're both if they're both really, um, be, It's like okay, you go first. <laughs> I, I don't
2: know, but you, we one would assume that it. it's, it's unpleasant to lose.
1: Yeah, let's, i mean let's not we don't have to speculate beyond our own experiences it's not pleasant okay it's horrible when when somebody you love dies it's painful yeah. it's not going to be it's not never going to be ple- pleasant mm-hmm. even for the disciples of the buddha when the buddha passed away it was painful for them
2: yeah.
1: okay when uh Bulgariana died shariputra was beyond, be, beside himself beside himself, with grief, and we' both our hearts already mm-hmm. it 's a painful thing to see somebody you love no longer around and this condition is a condition of this of the cycle of life mm-hmm. it 's its condition it must happen it will happen, mm-hmm. and it will always be painful. Okay? The only way for it not to be painful is for you to somehow make your heart make your heart into uh, was that expression? Stone. Make your heart into a st- stone, into stone, where you don't just want, don't want to feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, Remember, was, you know, it, it was it, among the disciples of the Buddha, he was the one who exceeded in displaying magical feats. Still, the body, the body that he he had. Before it became uh, an aha, was a body that was subject to death. He couldn't avo- avoid it. And Shariputra, they were friends from before they, they became Buddhists. They were friends. They, they they went to different teachers together. They what sometimes they would split. It would go one would go to one teacher, one would go to another teacher, and then they would come together and then discuss what they learned. And finally, they came into the Buddha, and then they both fell in love with the teaching of the Buddha. And they studied together. They helped each other. And, and they were always together. And all of a sudden, now Shai Maud is beaten to death. That, uh, pulverized. He was, he was, he was, what's was that? Pum- pummeled. Pummeled. He was pummeled. Why? Using his magical powers, he went to hell, and he saw somebody suffering, because he was, you know, once in a while, he go to hell to help somebody out. And he, he went over there, and he met somebody who says, I tell my disciples up there to stop following my teachings because the more they t- uh, practice my teaching and the, the more they, they spread it, the more I suffer down here. And of course he goes to the disciple of, of this teacher and they say, oh, your teacher, by the way, is in hell and he's telling you, he told me to tell you that you better stop spreading his teaching. The more you do it, the more he uh, suffers. And what would do you do? Somebody who, who tells you that. How dare you? And then they beat him to death. They beat him until you know his, his body was flattened. Okay. And of course, uh, uh, when uh, Shailputra found out, Shailputra you know was depressed for for weeks. This is Shailputra, the one you already reached our hard-hood. Okay. So the death of someone you love is painful. Yes, your brother has a wonderful life. The ugly thing about the cycle is that he will die. The people who love him will, will, will have to see him and never see him again.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be wonderful if he would just continue forever. They're, they're, happy, already, they're happy already, right? So they, they'll just continue. But it won't. It
2: won't. And I, and I see the changes in him, you know, in myself, and mm-hmm. you know, he's getting older and he'll, mm-hmm. he will. You
0: know. Yeah.
1: He will lose his, uh, not not necessarily entirely his brilliant mind, but there are things that he will not be able to do uh, anymore with his his mind. There are things he will not be able to do anymore with his body. That's the cycle of life. What is the cycle of life? This condition where you're forced to exist with a body that must suffer, where you're forced to exist with a mind that must be limited. It is this condition that you must have loathing and disgust for, not people. Mm. It doesn't say have loathing and disgust for people, mm. for people who are for people who are stuck in this condition. When you re- realize in your own being that what they are going through, you can only have compassion for them. Mm. Okay, when you see someone who is in uh, immediate suffering and pain, you know what it is to be in, in little pain. How unbearable that is. And this person is going to such pain. You could f- only feel compassion for them. That they are stuck in this condition. They are forced to experience it. And when you see somebody who's living the life oblivious to pain, you feel, you feel, suffer- you feel compassion for them too. Because it's wonderful that they have this beautiful life, but they wouldn't want to lose it. They will lose it. They cannot hold on to it.
2: So, so you don't focus on the, the trappings that they have around them at that point. No. You focus on the fact that they're deteriorating yeah. and will suffer. Yeah.
1: Right. yeah. And whenever uh, samsara is brought up and the kind of emotion that all the texts from the Buddha to the... To the to the uh, um, commentators of the Buddha's word, the, 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 they always use very strong emotion. The Buddha himself, remember, when he talks about samsara, he talks. He says this pit of shit. Okay, he's not afraid to, to use bad words at that time. Said <laughs> so this pit of shit that we are stuck in. Okay, and when you when you think of it, you know, disgust, loathing. It's not the people that you're supposed to be loathing. Oh, look at this. Oh, the samsaric beam. Ugh. Huh? This condition that traps us here. And then th- think of it, okay? This pit of shit. And think of Libya. Gaddafi. He's in the pit of shit, killing people with shit, trying to get shit. People have to understand the context of this, right? (laughs) Listen to everything from beginning to end. Don't just start here. (laughs) Okay. Right? Think of a a criminal swimming through this pit of manure, (laughs) looking at another manure, and then strangling the manure to get what manure? Yeah. Doesn't sound right when I, I say manure. No, it sounds better. Really like right. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh, look at this beautiful shit around his neck. Let me kill him so I can get this shit. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. Um. So, if the bodhicitta line is the most we can come through in this life, yeah. and attachment and aversion are both kind of opposite sides of the same coin in a way, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, then, and there's if if all we can arrive at in this lifetime is bodhicitta, at the time of our but there's no escaping the suffering of death. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time of death is then, it's really to have disgust and aversion is, if that's the flip side of attachment, would then the alternate thing to do be to just have that great compassion instead of disgust or attachment?
1: No, because of your disgust and loathing for samsara, you have compassion. If you don't have the loathing... the
0: mind you bring to your death. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and why is this mind of disgust and loathing being the first thing that he said? Seek renunciation first. Why must you seek this? If you don't have renunciation, if you don't have this mind that has disgust and loathing for anything connected to samsara, you cannot have compassion. If you don't see someone suffering, how can you have compassion for them? Well, you
2: know, once you move beyond the loathing and disgust, I mean, you know, It's like a veil that's been lifted, right? I mean, you don't think, I have loathing and disgust for everything with
0: this life. You just
1: see things differently. You're thinking about loathing and disgust uh, in a different way. You you, you have to look at... It's not like you're having loathing and disgust for cup, loathing and disgust for for books, loathing and disgust for money. You're having loathing and disgust for the condition.
0: Mm.
1: The condition where... Of being is is suffering, or being is susceptible to suffering. You have you have discussed for that condition, and it's always there. The Buddha has disgust and loathing of the highest degree for samsara. Why? Because he can't stand seeing that even the the littlest. I don't know what that means, but it's a way of poetic, I guess. Uh, the littlest being suffering in, 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 the littlest, in the tiniest way. Ah! That condition, look, it caught this being now. Can't stand this being, this condition. And, and it, the strength of this disgust creates this terrifying looking appearances of Buddha's. The Buddha has such fierce compassion to the point where I don't care if you want to be enlightened, I'm going to take you to enlightenment because I can't stand this shit around you. Okay? You, you. You can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't get away from it, but I can't stand it. I'm going to take it away from you. Okay? That's, that's when the compassion becomes fierce. Okay? That's when tantra can work. Uh, Well, let's finish with this paragraph. Let's try. (laughs) Thus, what the verse is saying is without pure renunciation, there's no way to stop this attitude where one strives for whatever pleasant results he might get here in life. Moreover, it is precisely by force of their feeling of attachment and craving for the pleasant things of life. Here, hankering is another name for what we usually refer to as craving. That all beings are fettered. And if all beings are fettered, do you imagine that you are not? Of course you are. If you want some day to escape this cycle, seek then, at the very first, a pure attitude of renunciation. And uh, just uh, something else uh, about what? Where does the attachment for, where does the attachment and the craving for pleasant things in life come from? That is motivated by ignorance. And and now, what, what does that mean? It's motivated by ignorance. Because you see, see it as something that's going to deliver happiness when it really yeah. won't. Yeah. You, you want to say something? Or just freaking that?
2: Okay. <laughs> no, maybe what I said before about exaggerating the value of that little yeah. thing that's perceived yeah. as pleasant or thinking that's the solution. Yeah. That's it. Yeah.
1: So it's like, uh, uh, what was that thing? Buying
0: yourself short? Is that the sell, sell. Selling, selling yourself short. <laughs> okay, <that>. <laughs> <laughs> not buying yourself short.
1: That's with ta- stocks and bonds, yeah. right? <laughs> so selling yourself short. You want happiness, and you're going for this shit. So I'm going to keep reading that shit. Are <laughs> you to say that for such a long time? Now is the perfect context to say. It. <laughs> it's All, <coming> out. <laughs> 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 all right. You want to be happy? Look for the real happiness. Okay? Because when you set your mind for happiness, whether you know it or not, you want real happiness. You don't want fake happiness. You don't want uh, happiness that that expires. That's why I used that bad example last time about the bread. Sorry, it didn't work. (laughs) You don't want happiness that expires. You want happiness that continues. That's lasting. That's what the very... uh, uh, compulsion to seek happiness comes from. That's what it looks for. And then you sell it, sell it short. Yes. Okay, you sell it, sell yourself short when you accept that. When when it talks about the pleasant things in its life, when you encounter a pleasant situation, you think, "Oh, that's it. I don't need to get that. I don't need to strive to get out of samsara. I'm I'm set. I'm good. Thank you very much. You can go now. Okay. You're selling yourself, selling yourself short." All you, all you, all, all you've done is I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> <laughs> all you've done, you take, took shit, <laughs> and you give it a shape. You say, oh that, no, that's, now, now I have happiness. Now I have happiness. That's art. That's art. <laughs> okay. No matter what shape you give it, no matter what coloring you you put on it, it's still, yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right, so we stop here. And I have to say. Lastly, this is the real last one, not the... There won't be another, there won't be another last one. <laughs> it didn't say, don't enjoy. Right. It said, stop striving. Okay? That's very important.
0: But for, I mean, for me, enjoying and disgust are sort of... Uh, I can't really have them at the same time. Like Mark's point about, uh, you, you know, you think, okay, you're talking about disgust, but then you get beyond that to something better. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, I mean, if I'm disgusting something that I'm not enjoying, mm. I'm, I spend a lot of my life disgusting things. like oh, okay,
1: okay, I'll give you an example. I can't believe this uh, If you were to go to... Uh, mm. Jacques, chocolatier, for example. Jacques. Yeah. <laughs> and you and you order yourself a nice uh, hot chocolate. And, I spell that. <laughs> <laughs> and Jacques Torres, and uh, you start drinking it. The first sip, you, uh, eyes open up. Wow. Where would the disgust come? Not from the taste of it. Not from the fact that you enjoy it. Ah! The condition of life is such that I cannot always have this. Mm. The condition of life is such that I may, this body may one day not be able to taste this. It's not that what's happening right then and there you're supposed to uh, not enjoy it if it's enjoyable. Now you're thinking that uh, it's like your mind is on, there's the chocolate, ooh, 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 ooh,
0: ooh, and then thinking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's not attachment, it's appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> and then for your, when your mind thinks about the condition, it's like your mind is off the chocolate. That's what you mean? It's, uh, like, can I, it's not like it's on... Enjoying the,
0: is like, like, I feel good, I want to smile. Disgust is like, I hate yeah. this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like a down emotion and mm-hmm. like, enjoy is like an up emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And,
1: uh, and in, in the beginning of developing renunciation... It will be difficult to enjoy things. That's how it is. And the path to develop renunciation. It is difficult to enjoy things. Because you cannot separate... You can, the separation cannot happen in the beginning. When you're enjoying it. And then somewhere in the background. I guess that's what I mean by going beyond. So it's already in the, back, the background of your mind. So there isn't the... There isn't the, uh, the potential within you to be to be uh, deceived. Mm. Okay. But you're enjoying it, but you're not completely trapped by what you're enjoying. You're not you're not completely uh, right.
2: already planning the next time you're gonna drink
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> well I think you could do that if you want to Friday, Saturday. <laughs> Drink it, mm-hmm. and drink it again, mm-hmm. and drink it one more time, mm-hmm. and drink it one more time. Yeah. It won't be good anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's you just feel sick, actually.
1: Yeah, that's the condition. So
0: there is an ending to the hot chocolate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, little precisely. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. Why? It's a condition of things around in this place. This wonderful chocolate that seems to be wonderful now, if you keep ingesting it, this very, what seems to be this very chocolate will become a very painful experience. Why? Because of the condition. Okay. Now when you understand that, you drink the hot chocolate, you don't order another one immediately. You wait the next day.
2: <laughs> so, so, if we do things in moderation and we view things as, like in your example of the chocolate, you have the chocolate, you enjoy it for what it is, nothing mm-hmm. more, nothing less, mm-hmm. and that's, that's
1: okay.
0: Yeah, that's okay. like living in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you transform it into good merit by offering it. Definitely. There you go. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) She's skipping ahead. She's going to the second (laughs) path. Okay. All
1: right. I said that was the last. That was really the last. Okay, back to page 16. I feel, like, uh, a today, oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like a different melody today.
0: tonight. I feel like a different melody. The long version? Yeah, the long version. Okay. Oh. Last
1: one is to the English. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a crown anointed with incense. <laughs> with its mouth room adorned by four continents, the sun and moon. Visualized as a Buddha field, I offer it to the merit field. May all beings partake of a supremely pure Buddha field.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, from now on, we're going to do two uh, uh, dedications,
1: okay? First one on page 26. 26?
0: Twenty six. Geoadi, Geo, Sir Nam Yeshet, Old Shane, Sir Nam Yeshet, By this
1: virtue, may all beings perfect the accumulations of merit and wisdom. Can achieve the two holy bodies that arise from marriage and wisdom. Before we uh, do that, <clears throat> uh, hmm can't forget the words, skip me. What's the Tibetan word for renunciation? Nyen-jum. Nyen-jum.
0: Nyen-jum. nyen
1: Yeah, fantasy, that's right. yeah, jum yeah. Okay, instead of Changchuk, we say nyen That's renunciation. Instead of you say nyen It's N-I-N-J-U.
0: Nyen-jum.
1: nyen Plus yeah, page twenty eight we just Yeah, page twenty eight. Yeah. yeah. Instead of jang we say ngenjung. Instead of bodhicitta, we say renunciation. We, we got that?
0: Okay.
1: Nyanjun. Nyan Jung. Vinan Vinan. Ngen Okay?
0: Okay. Nganjung sem chogrimba che May
1: the precious and supreme renunciation arise in those in whom it has not yet arisen, and where it has arisen may it not decrease but ever increase more and more. (laughs) <laughs> what? It Do it again, which one? 20. This one? 28? Okay, let's indulge Daniel. Daniel. Ngenjun sem cho
0: rin bo che Ma gyepa nam ke nyamba me ba neo gong du pewa shou
1: May the precious and supreme renunciation arise in those in whom it has not yet arisen. And where it has arisen, may it not decrease, but ever increase more and more. Okay. Anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> <The story? laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Take a break. Come back. Uh, 15 minutes or so.